company in Philippi. They cast the demon out of the uh, fortune-telling girl, which killed the prophets of their owners, which led to them being falsely accused and beaten with rods and thrown into the inner prison in stocks. And uh, then there was the earthquake, where God opened the prison doors and loosed everyone's chains and the jail keeper thinking that he would be a dead man because of uh, allowing the prisoners to escape uh, tried to kill himself, started to kill himself but Paul said don't harm yourself we're all here, he rushes in and he says sirs what must I do to be saved, obviously this has been quite an amazing thing to him all the way around and he's ready to think soberly and seriously now about his life uh, so how about 31 to 34 And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, and you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Okay, so they say, You, you need to believe in the Lord, uh, you and your family, to be saved. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to his family, and that very hour of the night, wonder what hour of the night that would have been. About midnight. Yeah, midnight at the earliest. So midnight or after, and by the time they preached the sermon and so forth, they may have been somewhat after. Um, they, they washed the wounds of Paul and Silas, and the jailer and his family were baptized. So both the prisoners and the jailer were washed, for totally different reasons. And uh, then he brought them into his house, fed them, and rejoiced greatly. This was a wonderful night for this jailer. Now there are some things that people say uh, about this account that aren't true. And I thought it might be good to take a second and talk about them. Like, a lot of people take verse 31 and they say, all you need to do to be saved is just believe you don't have to be baptized. What would you say about that? <clears throat> That's not an answer. It says he spoke the word to him and it caused him to do something. And that's not what, that wasn't the end of the story, just believing. So the people who think that salvation is by believing alone leave the jail too soon. You know, they don't get the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that when they believe, they do what their faith motivates them to do and they're baptized. In fact, it doesn't say that the jailer and his family believed until after they'd been baptized. The believing that we know they did is mentioned in verse 34. You know, it's like, you know, there's two ways of believing something. You just got to believe something theoretically or you can entrust yourself to it and really believe it. You know, and in the Bible when it talks about believing and being saved, it doesn't just mean thinking that it can happen or thinking there's a God. It means giving yourself to God by doing what he tells you to do. If these people, when Paul spoke the word to them, had refused the word, you wouldn't have said they believed. 
So this passage really shows the urgency of baptism. You know, if it didn't make any difference and you could be saved without it, why not wait till later? Why not wait till morning at least? Why baptize them in the wee hours when it's still dark if it doesn't really make any difference? Comments or questions about that angle? We could also go to First John and say that you don't need to believe to be saved because he says whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So you don't need to believe either. Yes. It's another way to look at that is to say there are many different things and not all of them are in any one passage. Though probably here the truth is when he says believe, he means uh, believing and acting on your faith and not just believe in the sense of thinking there's a God. <clears throat> yeah? And I think, you know, the things that he's asking us to, to become, to come into a relationship with him, they're both the emotional and the physical aspects. You know, a lot of times the emotion we feel, we then react to that emotion. Our actions come from the emotion we feel. So we come from the believing standpoint of something we feel inside, which is the response to why we're baptized. It's the, it's the reaction to what the inward feeling. I know the Baptists want to say, well, baptism is, a, is an outward response to an inward grace. I don't think that's what it is. It is an outward response to wanting to obey the God that has given you so much. Some people say, look at verse uh, 33, he was baptized, he and all his household. This proves that babies can be baptized. Because he and all his household were baptized, and a lot of households have babies in them. What would you say about that? That's fine, but you got to preach to him first in verse 32. And what else in <laughs> verse 34? That's exactly right. I don't know who was in his household, but I know that not only were they baptized, but verse 34, they believed. Well, if they're, if they're mature enough to believe, they're mature enough to baptize. I have no doubt about that. Uh, so, that... that argument in this passage just self-destructs. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, you can look at it two different ways. I mean, my household does not have any babies in it. You know, some do, but not all do. So it may be there weren't any in his household. Who knows? Or it may be that those are obvious exceptions. You know, well, clearly somebody who's not old enough wouldn't have been. And you wouldn't even have to mention the exception. I don't know which it was, but clearly whoever was baptized were people who would already believed, according to verse 34. All right, anything else that you want to say uh, through verse 34? All right, how about 35 and 40? Now when the day came, the chief magistrates sent the policemen, saying, Release those men. And the devil reported these words to Paul, saying, The chief magistrates have sent to release you. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us in public without trials. Men who are Romans and have thrown us in prison, and now are they sending us away secretly? No, indeed. But let them come out themselves and bring us out. The policemen reported these words to the chief magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. When they came and appealed to them, and when they had brought them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. They went out of prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when she saw 
And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Alright, they kept them in jail overnight. Well, sort of. <laughs> I assume they're back in jail. They've made some kind of um, makeshift uh, locks or whatever. Uh, and the, the city officials tell the prisoners to do what? Paul and Silas, in this case, to do what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can leave. You know, it's over. Uh, we'll release you. What would you do if they told you you could be released from prison? Yeah. What does Paul do? Stay. Stay and say what? Come get me yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm not coming out just like that. You want me to come out, you're going to come and, and talk to me about it. That seems really odd. Why did Paul not accept his release at first? Seems like they were trying to keep it quiet. Yeah. And why would they have maybe wanted to keep it quiet? Because they had been without reason. Yes, and they were Roman citizens. That's what Paul mentioned. I don't know if they realized it until this point. Paul said, you know, we're Roman citizens, uncondemned. We were beaten without a trial, and now they want to just send somebody to tell us to leave the prison? Huh. They want us to leave, let them come themselves. See, they are in big trouble. They did something you should not do. They'd be like, you know, I don't know. I mean, if America had, you know, conquered, I don't know, South America. The U.S. had conquered South America. And so, you know, South America was a, an American colony. And, you know, I was in Brazil. And the Brazilians beat me uncondemned without a trial as an American citizen. Ooh, they could be in big trouble. You know, you're a Roman citizen. Rome gives you special privileges, and you don't get whipped with no trial, not being condemned. They, they, they really made a big mistake here not finding out whether they were Roman citizens up front. And Paul is insisting on his rights here. You know, he's making a big deal about what they did. Does that seem like Paul to you, though? Why would he do that? Get them to change their ways. Maybe. He thinks the gospel's been harmed by this. Maybe. We don't really know the answer. What do you think about this one? Paul is about to leave Philippi. The brethren who are left behind are going to be treated how by the city officials? If Paul makes a big deal about this, and the city officials have to come with egg on their face and beg them to leave, they may be a little more reluctant to engage in some of these, you know, unprovoked persecutions against the Christians from here on out. I'm wondering if Paul did this to kind of, um, you know, make the officials less likely to persecute the Christians that are left behind. Now, I know that Paul viewed it as okay to appeal to his legal rights for protection against non-Christians. And he did that sometimes. But here it's almost like he's wanting to make an example to where they don't do those kind of things again and Paul's leaving. 
So I think I think he may be kind of trying to give a little protection to to his brethren. I don't know that that's the case, uh, but I would suggest that as a possibility. They do come and they beg him to leave, and they visit the brethren in Lydia's house and then move on. Comments and questions. Yes. Is that the Lydia from Lydia? That is the very one. Do you think they were like having a service because the brethren were there? Maybe, or uh, you would think. Um, maybe, maybe there weren't many other brethren other than in Lydia's house. I don't know. Maybe the jailer and his family, but uh, yeah, maybe. Were they cistern instead of brethren? They might have been. <laughs> All right. Other comments or questions? So that's the first place that Paul goes to in what province? Macedonia. Now we're moving on in Macedonia, chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. 